Welcome, everybody, to the Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, I hope you enjoy the next 30 minutes to an hour. We'll see what the editing does. And uh, enjoy this southern, not South American, but southern United States American uh, perspective on things. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, like growing up in the South, kind of the natural inclination is kids need to be whipped. Just that's how it is. Uh, And growing up, you see the kids that aren't ever hit, at least in like our neck of the woods, and they're all insufferable douchebags that need, that not even from their parents, just need an ass whooping. They're little mini Ben Shapiro's, but they're not right about anything, uh, which is worse. Um, but so I ran into this philosophy mostly because of where it's led me in my politics of how immoral it is on paper to beat your kids. I'm not going to lie. They have some really good philosophical points. Like, I mean, for example, the only, the thing you're raising that you love the most is the only thing you're legally allowed to beat. (laughs) The only thing that is too small to defend itself. The only thing that can't run away from you. The only thing that like, that's like, Beat them unless it's like black and blue. That's where we draw the line. Well, it used to be like your wife. That was like the rule of thumb. Rule of thumb. <laughs> we're, we're getting canceled just because we brought that up. But, uh, no, nah, but um, that's the thing. It was, on paper, there's so much to it where it's like bad. And I legitimately, like, once I read it on paper, I believed it. I was like, they're right. You should never, like, there's so many reasons not to beat your kid. That's like, if you believe in right and wrong and what's ethical for one person is ethical for everybody. Like, that's what I try to follow. I try to follow, like, if it's right for me, it's right for thee. And then how's that fall in with uh, Spare the Rod, Spoiled Child? Well, it, uh, I mean, on a religious ground, it's wrong, I guess, if you're Christian. <laughs> it goes against <laughs> what God says. Uh, but uh, I tell you, here's the thing I ran into. I got two kids now. I got them, uh, this might be revealing a little much. I have two kids, two months apart from two baby mamas. So I am, uh, if there's one to ask on relationship or parental advice, all right, not relationship advice, I'm her- horrible at that. But I've had a hell of a challenge with kids. Um, and my son, I uh, he, he's up in Michigan, and I see him as much as I can. And I had this situation dropped on me. Where he he'd had uh, discipline, but not to the degree I would have until he was three years old, and then you run into the situation of like I take him to school, and he hits a girl for dancing, and I'm so like I'm stuck in this like all right, let me try to talk him out of now now I, I out of hitting a girl like and before i hear the criticisms yes i should have been there more there's a lot of things i could have done to prevent that by that point it was too late for me to do anything about and i've been trying to work on it since then as hard as i can now he's great now he's like uh shoot gonna ask for a better son uh and back then he was good just the discipline thing i'm I flipped on my principles and ended up spanking the living hell out of my son for and it curbed what he was doing. Now, it's pretty crappy of me, an anarchist who says you shouldn't use force on anybody to use force against my son to change his behavior, uh, like admittedly. So I, I think my thing, well, like the lesson I pulled from this is, I 
I didn't have the means of therapy. I didn't have time. I was working a lot. I, I try not to be too married to if it's perfect on paper, it's perfect in real life. Because that was a situation for me. And I hear a lot of the peaceful parenting advocates out there. I understand 100% what you're saying. And if everything's going right, I think there's a lot of room to like, there's a lot of kids that never need to be hit if they have good enough parents to explain things to them. Like, you know, there's a good chance that if you're doing it the right way, you never have to resort to that. Um, Thing is, there are people in situations and circumstances that lay outside the norms that even if they're the best person in the world, have to make up for the shortcomings of the reality around them. Uh, So what flies on paper isn't necessarily as... (laughs) as the communists know, isn't what favors real life. And uh, so, yeah, that's my thought on beating the children. Some of them, it, it's subjective. And it's a crappy thing to be subjective about if you should beat children that can't defend themselves. But, God, it's kind of subjective. Um, which... I personally still feel like you should beat your kids. But it shouldn't be like... I told you not to, and just instantaneous. There should be reasoning behind it. Like, there should be punishment, but there should be, like, a conversation that goes along with it. To me, it's the atomic bomb of parenting. It's, I don't want to use it. I will threaten the hell out of it, but, like, I will imply its existence. I'm going to three, but the kid needs to know that three can happen. Yes, like ex- exactly. Japan knows three can happen. <laughs> You're going to know that. <laughs> and you know, if you look at that from another angle, it's like, you've taught your child to fear this so much that in, in the words of my father, you would never have to harm a child in this world if they weren't such lying little mother effers. <laughs> <laughs> he knew firsthand. And I lied. I lied a lot as a kid. Um, got away with it half the time. So, I mean, I can for... remember dad walking in my room as I was putting on like my fifth oh, pair of underwear. And he was like, ah, He's oh. like, now you're getting a spanking bare ass. Oh, dude, uh, <laughs> me and my brothers, and I was too young to fully understand what we were doing. I had a bunch of leftover diapers from my child, and my dad would be like, all right, go to your room, think about what you did before I come in there and spank you. My brothers would put on my diapers to yeah. cushion it, and they would laugh at my dad while he while spanked them. They wanted the smoke. Oh, dude, when he ripped their pants down and saw the diapers, <laughs> it went from ass whooping to I'm just swinging a belt in random directions and seeing where it lands. And we might have been deserving of that. No, um, the, wor- the worst for me is like dad was always like, because you're the boy, you get five, you get five. Poor Merce because, had two sisters. Because <laughs> it's like, the girls get three. At this point in my life, where was women's equality? Like, either hit me less or hit them more. No, no, you don't get it. For every one spanking you got, they got 80% of that spanking. So yeah. it worked out, actually. <laughs> that was, uh, you, you, your father, still make more. Your father was protecting the patriarchy. <laughs> We're so getting canceled. Yeah, I love it. Um, speaking of, I got to tell you, like, side note. Uh, have you ever watched any of that Legion of Skanks I've sent you? It's fine if you have. I have a little bit, like where they're just outside and they just talk smack to yes. everybody. Have you heard about their woke turn Olympics? No. This is fucking genius. They're a really vulgar show, but if you like, if you can stand it, go check them out. So they always say like horrifying, horrible, the worst stuff you can say, and they know they're going to be canceled someday. Right. So they preemptively struck. By saying we're going to hire a group of interns 
but we are going to narrow it down based on who is most woke. Okay. So who is the most gay? Who is an ethnicity? <laughs> you can't be a straight white guy and get this job. You have to be something else. And they're like, we're protected. We have a minority that's gay and a Muslim and da 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 da. Who I think I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but he could also do some other interesting things. Something you tagged me is like we got to make more more gay. Who is the Oh, that's it. Uh, I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, uh, Kaufman, uh, not Andy Kaufman. What the hell is this? That's not. It's not Andy Kaufman. That was a comedian. He's the guy that heads up uh, uh, Free State Project of New Hampshire. Uh, Jeremy Kaufman. That might be it. That sounds right. No, he had this great uh, advertisement for his campaign. It was pretty much making fun of the military-industrial complex and. Uh, Pretty, pretty much how we don't need to, you know, you hear all libertarians, they need to stop, we need to stop war. We flipped it on its head, it's like, no, 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 we don't need to stop war, we need to make it more gay. We need rainbow bombs, we need diversity hires at the CIA that are choosing which countries to overthrow with rigged elections. Uh, it was good shit. It was good stuff. Oh, speaking about overthrowing countries. Alright, next subject. I got in a really interesting conversation this week with a lady that had so much more life experience than I'll hopefully ever have. So, you know, last I've, I've given my little armchair professional opinion uh, on the Ukraine situation. Uh, and, you know, everyone's got their own take and everyone probably believes their take is 100 percent right. Mine's definitely fallible. Not just if and I'm not even saying the information I said was wrong. because I, I think all of it was pretty right. Uh, but I got I got into an interesting conversation earlier this week that just put it in a different perspective that I never really thought about. And it, there was, it's a Facebook group about um, politics and stuff. I like debating in those. Not just debating. I like hearing other points of view. And uh, I pretty much said how what the Ukrainian war is is a gang war between two different gangs, the Ukrainians and the Western NATO gangs and the Russian gangs. And... In general, I really don't think any of them care about the civilian populace uh, as much as they care about exercising and attaining their own power. Uh, that's that's just that's nothing specific to the Ukraines or Russians. That's just people with the power thing. It's international. It's human. Uh, but you know, I'm throwing that out there. And God bless this lady whose name I cannot pronounce and probably sounds similar to someone chewing on dry leaves and twigs. Uh, it's a lot of syllables and hardly any vowels. Um, you know, she starts replying to me very, like not, uh, maybe a little aggressive at first, but I'd say it's definitely justified. She's like, listen, I live in Ukraine. My kids play on the playground here. There are bombs going off. You son of a bitch. She didn't say son of a bitch, but she, she you know, she's like, there are bombs going off. Like, you, you know how horrible this is? You Americans always think y'all just have the answer for everything. I made it a point by, and she's like, you know, you don't know how privileged you are not to live through this. I said, one, you're absolutely right. Like you're ab- I am so privileged in history to not have to worry about a clan coming over the horizon to kill my kids and throw me into slavery. Lucky to not have machine gun nests at checkpoints on the way into town. Like we, we got it like so nice. Uh, I made that a point to say that to her. Uh, I was like, and, you know, and I hope you people get help. I said, I, I support 
you know, anybody that volunteers to go over there and help the civilians, whether they're helping Ukrainian, whether they're helping the more westernized Ukrainians or the more Russianized Ukrainians, as long as they're trying to help some decent people that aren't trying to kill other people. Well, it takes a side. There's definitely people caught in the middle. Yeah, and horror, experiencing horrible shit. Uh, so, like, my heart goes out to anybody that does help with that, but, like, the same with the drugs thing. I think once you start using my money for it against my will, it makes this worse situation worse. Bad situation worse. Uh, so, you know, I kind of tell her that. Like, my heart really goes out to you. And also, and, you know, she replies something along the lines of, well, you know, I agree with you. No, that was like, she goes, I really agree with you that people are going to take advantage of this terrible situation and get rich off of it and kill more people off of it, yada, yada, yada. She goes, but right now, bombs are going off outside my house. She's like, you're right about all of that, but I'll do anything to make these bombs stop going off. Oh, I get so, it. I feel bad um, for them. The craziest thing I still think about is that parts of the world are seizing Russian oligarchs' property. Oh, dude. Like, that's, without like, a trial, without anything. Yeah, just, you can't have any more. I'm not saying they're all good guys, but at what point... Who is a Russian oligarch? Yeah, it's... I mean, we all know who it definitely is, but when you get to that outer limit of, is it just a Russian guy that made some decent money and moved to Britain to enjoy the yeah. later life there? Yeah, this is our boat now. <laughs> when? How... At some point, I feel like we're almost going backwards. I feel like we need to start... No, I'd, I almost said something that might uh, piss off feds, but we might want to start thinking of ways to preserve our boats in the worst-case circumstances. I'm going to leave it at that. Boats. Boats. <laughs> <laughs> Chariots. Um, but, uh, no, and, like, the kind of the thing I was getting at with the Ukrainian lady is you can have, like, all these principles... It's almost like the same thing with beating your kids. You can have all these principles and all this, this, these facts that are absolutely correct. But I tell you, if my kids had to worry about bombs going off where they're going to school, I'd probably make a deal with the devil himself. Like, dude, whatever you got, but like, make make it safer for my kids. Yeah. You want to goose step down city hall? Go right ahead. Make it safer for my kids. But also. Another angle to this, not as serious of a... Well, it's still as serious of a matter. Maybe just keep your kids out of public schools. Well, that... that <laughs> touche! Touche! Hey! <laughs> Ten points for Merce. But you know something, like, I really think about? Not just in Ukraine, like, any war, whether it's World War II and, like, like uh, the, what was the capital of Germany? Uh, not Belgium. I almost said yeah, Belgium, I said too. <laughs> I almost said the same thing. Uh... uh we're idiots. We're idiots. God, what is... <laughs> the, the Allies bombed the living hell out yeah, of it. Um, uh, and on the other hand, in Britain, in London, that got bombed. Like, there's bombings going on, but there's still people... Like, you see it in the Ukraine. Yeah. There's still people... Go the Rhine. You have to get over <laughs> The hell's... Oh, right. Anyway, someone out there screaming at their cassette <laughs> like, well, it's this. This is the answer. We, we don't know it. We'll figure it out later. But there's, like, still plumbers going to work. Like, that's the thing that melts my mind is like, oh, yeah, my office just got blown into rubble and my, my wife is dead. But, you know, Jerry, Jerry really needs that 90 put in down at the factory. And they can, I'm going to go do that today. Like, holy shit, dude. You're, how based are you to just not even be a soldier? Just a citizen going to work in a war zone. Like, that is... Berlin! <laughs> Berlin! He Googled it! <laughs> the wall. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are rednecks. Um, <laughs> hey, you, what's that capital of that Dutchland city? <laughs> Where they got all the weird pornos and the bratwurst. Oh, anyways. Yeah, so Ukrainian lady really, like, and, and a lot of the time, I'm really like, no, I really Ben Shapiro it. I'm like, facts counter your dumb little emotions. Emotions are insignificant. Facts and, and principles is what matters. But I got to say, when you're neck deep in it, shit, I don't know. <laughs> That's, yeah, like when bodies are actually... When, when the people you've grown up with are turned into hamburger. <laughs> like, I, whew, God almighty... All I can say is thank God I'm born here and thank God I'm born now. And all my problems, which to me are bad. Um, God, they don't even scale in comparison to that stuff. Talking about first world problems, uh, I got to get into why you should never stay up late and tweet and thinking you're the smartest person in the world. Uh, I don't even think that, but you just shouldn't think you're correct about anything after midnight. It's like, dude, I'm. Uh, there's a lot of, I kind of like chime in on a debate of people talking about rights. Uh, and it kind of spins off of the whole uh, Florida law craziness thing. I'm not even going to get into that again. But uh, pretty much <laughs> I was countering someone saying all these different people need all these different separate rights. And I was like, well, rights are really subjective. And, uh, you know, a lot of people really depend on a, a rifle or a gun for survival. And so, you know, typical kind of, Standard Second Amendment arguments. And in my stupor, uh, I'm like, I'll Google some stuff. She goes, uh, pretty much the girl says, well, how, how could that uh, prove that's real? How many people really depend on that? And I Google it, and Google tells me that 35% of Americans eat their uh, eat what they hunt. And I was like, man, that's a, you know, at the time I even like kind of checked myself. I'm like, that's a surprisingly really big number, 35%. I was like, well, that's, that's an awful quite a rural land in between the coast. And maybe, maybe that does kind of add up somehow. Da, da, da. So I go ahead, screenshot it, crop it, baby. There's my results right there. Eat my facts. Ben Shapiro, eat your heart out. Uh, and she just very quickly and really promptly, and I got to give her credit, uh, nicely says, what you're showing is the percentage of hunters that eat their own meat. 35% of hunters. Which, by the way, 65%... Or, is that right? Six, yeah, 65% of y'all aren't eating what you hunt. That's kind of shitty. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know there's people that trophy hunt, but God, come on. Eat a little. Um, I'm going to catch hell. That's why I'm not a big duck hunter. Because <laughs> as fun as it is, ducks taste terrible. Period. Only you can go duck hunting every day. But you can't eat that much duck. The only time I ate duck, I think I skipped on the bill, bill, and I can't remember. That's the only thing I really remember. It was at homecoming. Remember that? Oh, yeah, no. Me and Cole had to split your bill. Yeah. Yep. And I quote, who's the tall, lanky guy? Yeah, that's what the waiter asked. <laughs> I was like, hey, thanks. That was a good meal. I'll see y'all later. I'll be in the limo. <laughs> y'all take it easy. Come on, date. <laughs> that was a great friend. Uh, but yeah, don't don't stay up late. Fighting on Twitter, arguing, not even fighting or arguing on Twitter. Just try to, your, your facts aren't going to be right. You're going to misconstrue them. And when I'm sleepy, I might as well be drunk. Um, which, by the way, I'm going to talk about two people whose politics I might disagree with, but they're just some of the most based people in the world. 
Well, them we talked a little bit in pre-production. Uh, gl- crazy, crazy Glenn Beck. Who is crazy? Like I like you watch him talk in his conversations. You can't tell me a mentally sound person just breaks <laughs> down crying in the middle of a conversation about the country. Which like, hey, dude, whatever. He's got a network a lot bigger than mine, so I'm not knocking him. Uh, but first of all. The guy was so right. Like, uh, a lot of people played football. A lot of people went hunting. I think I said this in the first episode. I watched a lot of news growing up. Like, that was my thing. And actually, Merce was just complaining about how he'd come over. Me and my mom, by God, we were watching Fox News. And when she wasn't looking, I'd flip it on MSNBC. But uh, I remember Glenn Beck giving this example back then that, like, melted my mind. Did I ever tell you about the gold coin in the suit? Maybe. It's one of, like, my favorite things. Uh, I got a lot of those. Basically, he's given the example of a, my, it probably wasn't Gucci, but it was one of these big tailored suit makers that are still famous today that like back in the twenties were just kind of getting up and running and really getting their name big. Maybe Armani. Zoot suit. Zoot suit. <laughs> there you go. Jazz musicians. Uh, but, uh, big in new Orleans. No, but he, he shows the suit. And he pretty much said, he holds up a gold coin that was made back then. And he says, this gold coin was worth $20. I think it was the number he gave in like 1918. He said, this suit was also worth $20. That's what you could buy it for. He said, today, this gold coin is, I think like when he said it, like that particular one was worth like $300 in gold alone. Uh, He said, this suit, a new Armani suit that's like made by these people it's about 300 bucks. He goes, <laughs> he goes, the suit and the gold haven't changed at all. The, the dollars is the thing that's changing. Like, you know, this is 15 years ago. He's like, things are about to get out of control expensive in six months. And then six <laughs> months would go by. And it's like, no, no, the Fed just brought down interest rates. We pumped a lot more money out. We're good. We're going to ride this. But now, yeah, uh, just from an agricultural standpoint, I know commercial fertilizer here in Florida went from... $360 a ton. No, no, no. It wasn't 300 It was 400, 460 a ton uh, about a year ago to now it's over $900. They're the watermelon farm I work at. They uh, they normally have a hard time getting fertilizer delivered in the trailer like in a time frame. And this, this year they're like, they got it whenever they wanted. And I was like, well, they must be making so much money on it that they're going to deliver it. And the fertilizer company was like, no, nobody's, nobody's buying, buying it. it. Like, nobody's they buying can't afford it. it. And like our ranch is already looking for alternatives, which is like floor sweepings of the, of the fertilizer plant. And what's great about that is it's a lot cheaper. The con is you have no idea what you're getting. You could be getting uh, too much magnesium. You could be getting too, too more nitrogen than you. I mean, I don't think there's, there is such a thing as too much nitrogen, and that's bad for the water supply and a whole lot of yada, yada, yada other things. But for the for your plants, at least, you, you might not be getting enough. That'd be your problem. Um, and, yeah, so Glenn Beck was wrong about when, and who knows, he might not be right about exactly why it's happening, but good Lord, was he right about it happening. And by the way, did you hear about the most based thing this man did during Afghanistan? Oh, dude. This all right, this is what... Like, I hadn't listened to Glenn Beck in like, you know, since I was in high school and I'm 30 now. 
Well, I, I've heard them bits and pieces. Hear out loud. Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> we still can't grow facial hair. Uh, but anyways, we're <laughs> clean-shaven chads. That's what we are. Weak chins don't hide behind a big beard. <laughs> Strong chins. Strong chins don't hide behind a big beard. Let me fix that. Uh, but no, so like... Here, side note, here is one of my big problems with conservatives in Afghanistan. When Joe Biden was pulling out of Afghanistan, which... Can't say many good things at all about that man. We're we're get we're out of Afghanistan at least ninety percent oh, of the he way. Did it terribly, but we Ter- should we should have yeah we should have yeah. been there in the first. Place. I felt uh, one of the best analogies I heard was like, oh, you heard about that woman whose husband was beating the shit out of him? She finally left him or left yeah who was beating the shit out of her? She finally left him. It's like well. She shouldn't have left him like that. She <laughs> she should have packed her bags in this manner, and she would have been able to leave. It's like, no, she got away from the husband that was beating the hell out of her, dude, which sucks for the people left behind. But anyways, so a lot of people were complaining and wanting the government to do something about the people like left behind. Glenn Beck says, hold my non-alcoholic beer. I got this. He got his own private planes, flew them to Afghanistan, got as many Americans and like Afghani oh, refugees... He could get on them and flew them back and is like, I don't, I haven't followed up on it. I don't know how much, but it's like, dude, that's the answer to all this. Just you do it. Just yeah. <laughs> you want to be charitable. You, you go do it. Don't, don't, it doesn't work when you take my money and do it unless I'm wanting you to, but that's a different discussion. So I talked about a based righty. I got to talk about a based lefty. And that is the British actor. I'm not even going to try to do a British accent. It's terrible with this Huckleberry Finn going on. Uh, Russell Brand. Dude, good thing for him blowing up like he's doing, but I still may not agree with him on everything. He still kind of has like this kind of lefty cookie cutter approach to having just the basics of having more. They kind of got a point. It does seem like there could be some things wrong with some dude having a lot of stuff and another dude having nothing. I'm there with them. When you apply that like universally in some of the crazy ways lefties do, you run into big problems. But God bless Mr. Russell Brand for just going ham on the narrative here lately. Uh, I mean, I can respect anybody who was thinking a certain way, comes across new information and changes it. By the way, that's why some of my most favorite people to talk to are like former uh, let's just say libertarians, like anarchists, who have like changed their ways to being a statist or something like that. Like I'm like, oh, you're where I, you was. How do I put that? <laughs> you were where I am now. What made you change your mind? What new information came through, made you process, and made you give up on? Because that's what changed me from my old perspectives. And I love evolving and growing, like I hope most of y'all do. Um, so yeah, fun stuff. Russell Brand going against the narrative, calling out not only um, a lot of medical craziness from the past two years, but also brings up stuff like the World Economic Forum and them telling them that telling us that we will have no property and be happy about it. Which side note, for the people that aren't conspiracy theorists, which I guess I just got to start owning that title because I do believe in some conspiracies, just not like not all. I'm pretty sure we landed on the moon, although there's some weird stuff about it. Pretty sure the world is round, although there's some weird stuff about it, but it might just be because reality's weird. Uh, But, like, for the people who are worried 
about dangerous conspiracy theories and who are worried about like people propagating misinformation, which in a certain context, I can see that as a problem. Fact checkers. Fact checkers. When you hear stuff coming from like the World Economic Forum, that's like their leader going like, oh, you'll own no property and be happy or we're having a, a fourth industrial revolution and they're tweeting it. They're, they're putting it out there. How, how is this not a conspiracy? How, how are things normal? How does the president still matter if this is going on? Which How does everybody so like anti-Russia, but Putin still has a Twitter, Trump doesn't. Yes, like it's, it's <laughs> God almighty. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, I just, I don't, I, I, now, don't get me wrong. If you have some some information that's countering what I'm believing, I'm, I'm anxious about it. Tweet at me at Bandit Radio Hour. Uh, hell, I don't know if you can reply to a podcast, but if you're listening to this on YouTube, leave a reply. I'll read the hell out of it. I want to be proven wrong. But I, I swear to God, if you just say that I want Amazon or Microsoft to just own the world and corporations to be running everything, I don't. That's not me either. That's dumb. That's... Just, oh, God, I'm tired of that reply. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I bring the challenge. Please correct to my thinking if you believe I'm wrong. I invite it, and I'll chew on it and throw that through the system and spit out what I think. As long as it's not in the middle of the night. As long as it's not in the middle of the damn night. And don't even argue with me then, and don't argue with me when I wake up. Because you might think I'm on drugs when I first wake up. I'm just not friendly. I'm, I'm grumpy. Very grumpy person. Um... All right, so we're going to tie this in to what I, a, a nice little juicy end, since we already mentioned conspiracies a little bit. Uh, we got to talk about the militia in Michigan, January 6th. And let's just throw Anonymous in there for a wild card. So... All right, I got to start things off with the classic uh, Liberty memes meme. Uh, the FBI foiled an FBI terror plot. Uh, but did you hear about? Oh, okay. All right. So in Michigan, I think it was, right, it was either right before January 6th or right after. Uh, they got Governor Whitmer, who was mask crazy. Not, not just mask crazy, like everything crazy, like any... <laughs> God, it was a state ruled by a tyrannical dictator, in my opinion. Uh, anyways, I so the news reported a militia was formed uh, to plot a kidnapping of her, uh, and they were trying to enact it when the FBI stopped them and arrested all the members of, not all the members of the militia, but everybody like connected to the kidnapping plot. Um, that was back then. When was January 6, 2020? 2020 has never ended. Yeah, like. yeah, same, same. It's when all this crazy crap really kicked into high gear. It's right around that time. They finally had a trial. They, however long ago that was, Google it. It's been a while. They finally get their trial, and the jury ruled that the militia members were innocent due to FBI entrapment, which as it. I'm not giving any direct quotes. It's just what I kind of read from Twitter and dug into some of the reading. Uh, like, the, if if the FBI had never egged these people on to do it, they would have never done it. So the FBI is like, 
making terrorists. Uh, quite, quite literally. Bay, in that, Bay of Pigs in Michigan. Yes, pr- pretty much. And it went horribly wrong, just like it normally does when they do this stuff. But, you know, that's one, uh, another theme of the show. That's one side of the story that we got where it turned out to be another side. There's another thing I really wanted to get on, which was Abu Ghraib, or Abu Ghraib, however, we were really arguing about how you say this for a little while. We also got to remember Berlin. All right. You remember what Abu Ghraib was? Yes. Merce, what's your first, like, recalling 20 years ago headline of it? Just bad. Here's the thing about it. So uh, the basics of it that I remembered off firsthand was a bunch of U.S. servicemen got caught operating this uh, a prison for terrorist suspects and other suspects in Iraq. Was it Iraq? It was either Iraq or Afghanistan. One of them countries. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to be that specific. You know the region we're talking about, where these kinds of prisons are. Uh, and they were tor- the, the pictures were leaked, I think, through WikiLeaks, through Justin Assange. Might have been. Might have been one of WikiLeaks' first things of them, like, humiliating uh, naked men and torturing oh, they, them. They made them, like, get in a pyramid. Made them get in a pyramid, posing, like, oh, that's rad, pictures, <laughs> like, next to a starving person. You want to hear the horrifying fact about that? That wasn't, I didn't hear until much later. Only about half of all the prisoners in Abu Ghraib are grown men. Ew. The pictures that came out were only of grown men. The other half of that prison population... Oh, I thought you were going to say I looked at you. No, 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 no. That, well, <laughs> careful. Uh, but no, 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 no. No, but ha- like it was a... Uh, what do you call it? Where, where two like dorms where guys and girls live together. Um Oh, co-ed? Co-ed. It was like the men and their wives could live there with their kids. Okay. And uh, so what we saw pictures of were the men being tortured. Uh, I see where you're going. Uh-huh. What they don't show, and what I honestly have no evidence of, is what they did to the women and children. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just got a sneaky feeling that if the CIA or the top military is wanting to make a man talk. <laughs> you can do so much to his body, but then there's other methods. <laughs> yeah. So look that up. Look, at least give it a Google and good God. Um, but okay. So aside from that, so we got Michigan Melissa, Militia, we got Abu Grade. Now, January 6th. First, I just got to tell you no, that. No, I got to pause you. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, you can continue. I'm, I'm still... Dying. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, pretty awful. Michael Malice was the one that put that little nugget of information in my head, and that's like, yeah, oh... No, continue. I... Monsters. <laughs> they're, they're monsters, man. You know, just on the Abu Ghraib thing, and about all these things about American intervention, you know, half these poor bastards don't even have enough of an education to know the world is round, and that other, other civil... Like, what the other countries are. Can you imagine if the only time you ever saw an American flag in your life, your family was being tortured, and the people that were torturing your family was wearing this flag? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> There's, uh, 
I can understand why men would go to terrible lengths to get revenge. Doesn't excuse what they did, doesn't justify hurting anybody that's innocent by any means. It hurts to realize your country is not the good guy. No. You know, there was one prisoner in, uh, where did they go surfing in Cuba? Guantanamo Bay. Uh, <laughs> there, there was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, no, in Guantanamo Bay, there was a, stole, a story, I think it's Scott Horton that said it. It's recorded during the uh, during the interrogation. He says it. He goes, you damn Americans are all the same. He goes, you think y'all are Luke Skywalker? He goes, yes, I know what Luke Skywalker is. We saw that movie growing up. He goes, y'all are the Empire. <laughs> y'all are, we're Luke Skywalker trying to, these little guys trying to fight this big thing. And y'all come in your Death Star ships and wipe our countries off the face of the earth unless we agree with what you say. Oh, I don't like that. (laughs) Anyways, yep. uh, So, for the survivors of Abu Ghraib that hear my voice and understand English, I emotionally support you. I don't know if that makes you feel any better. (laughs) Please, please don't blow me up. (laughs) No, I'm I'm trying to. I'm y'all are the weird kid in class. I'm trying my best to give you bubble gum. (laughs) Hashtag our bad. (laughs) Are bad. <laughs> so January sixth. All right, let's put let's put a little bit. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. I tell you, yeah, let's lighten the mood with January sixth. Good point. Um. All right. All right. I gotta tell you how I received this information. I was heading from work when I was when I was working uh, out of town. I'm driving back to town. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon, and I get a call from a girl I'd been talking to, who's a little bit of a lefty, uh, and bandit. You've got to turn on your radio right now as quick as you can. There's something horrible going on. And I'm like, well, what is it? You can tell me. She goes, there's, there's, there's a, uh, an insurrection happening at the Capitol. People are flooding the Capitol building right now, and they're taking it over. And she goes, I'm, I'm, too, I'm too distressed. All right, I'll get home and watch TV. I'll call you back. And I hang up. And now what I'm picturing in my head is like, Half tracks and jeeps half parked on the White House lawn. Maybe some fire and smoke coming up, or I guess the Capitol lawn, from the building. Like some guy in a balaclava with like a, a new sequel to the Bill of Rights written down who's like got a gun to a politician's head. Hypothetically, I don't encourage that. That's just what I picture. He's going, this is the new United States of America. Like that's what's going through my head. Good or bad, not my opinion. Just that's what I'm thinking when I hear insurrection. So, I, I was like, we're doing it! Yeah, Merce was excited. And I'm like, ooh! Something exciting's happening. I need to get home. And I get home, and I turn on the TV, and I see an old lady. What? Hang on. Let me. I do see some of the stuff happening outside and stuff that looks like a riot. People smashing windows, people doing other stuff. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. All right. Let me see Mr. Balakava guy with the gun to the politician's head. And then it goes to the inside, and I... Like all of y'all saw a guy in a buffalo hat sitting in the middle of the Capitol room, whatever that, and God, that whole thing, just what the hell? And don't even know, it made me laugh so much to see like the people that are responsible for like the wars and all the killing, like crying on the ground behind their chairs. Like, oh, that was, I don't agree with Trump supporters on a whole lot, but Hey, somebody's doing something. <laughs> like, like, go. If it was, if it was BLM storming the Capitol and not burning down private businesses, 
I'd be like, well, all right, you're to your point. You're not the right people. <laughs> and, uh, no, I was, I was disappointed. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah Especially and, like when like the Capitol riots and they're showing it and the people are walking through the roped area. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I know like someone that watches a lot of left leaning th- stuff is going to like lose their mind and they're screaming at the, at the radio or their phone or whatever going like, no, there's like a cop died and yeah, co- cops did die. Uh, I've heard some conservatives argue it's natural causes from a heart attack. And it's like, well, you might be having a heart attack when there's a group of people screaming at you. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, y'all, I'm, I'm not saying y'all don't have a leg to stand on. What I'm saying is what I pictured as an insurrection and what I got was two completely different things. And then the speech that I heard afterwards from Trump God bless him. Like the dude, I'm so bipolar on. I either love stuff about him or hate stuff about him. He so looked like a kid that got caught pissing on a building and didn't. He's like, listen, all these people that are writing, you shouldn't do that. I know I told you to come here. I know I told, but stop. <laughs> I still, I don't want them to seize all my property. <laughs> Please, the government can do that. Like, like France, <laughs> Russia. Yes. Uh, so, and the other thing is, I know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say everybody that was doing something remotely bad was a fed. But good God, if there's something we've learned from militia, and if there's something I've seen even on at, at left-wing rallies, as well as some right-wing things, is agent provocateurs. Is people, a crowd's going to do what a crowd's going to do, given what's going on at the moment. But if you can go in there and just light the right match... Oh, you get a chain reaction and the crowd does whatever you want it to. Just depending herd on mentality. herd mentality. Yeah. They just all, they see one guy throwing a brick. A lot of other people start thinking it's a good idea to throw a brick. You send a, you let get some cops to let some people inside the building. A lot more people think it's a good idea to rush the building. And what this accomplishes, it's getting both sides so damn angry at each other. They forget what they agree on and just focus on hating each other. Uh, which I see it all over, like not even left and right. I also, I mean, hell, you see that, <laughs> you see that in uh, anti-statist or libertarian circles. You see that in authoritative circles. You see that in religious circles. Like it, it all becomes herd mentality, and it's so easy to turn each other on each other. Is that like the biggest neo-communist? I'm going to try to think of all the bad things. The biggest neo-communist, Nazi, Confederate, statist, Belgian that like has every single opinion different from me, I can almost guarantee you, unless they're an absolute nihilist, which they don't count, that they do want society to improve somewhat. Like they want humans to have a better life. And we just all argue about how we get to that. Uh you know, that's like uh, when uh, I remember they were talking about this on Tim Pool. You remember, uh, you remember Occupy Wall Street, the we are the 99% and the, the stuff they've all forgotten about since they started sucking off corporations. Yeah. Uh, well, when they were going on, if you remember the Tea Party was happening, which was this cool thing. Oh, yeah. It's what really red pilled me on like modern politics is dumb was I was like, oh, here's this organic somewhat seeming organic group of people that just want limited government. Then I saw the politicians that came out of them. Like, I was Ron Paul. Uh, yeah. Ron Paul was right. I'm just 
But even Ron Paul was like, I'm not in the tea party. Like, that's <laughs> not, I think that's a co-op. I think yeah. that's the government taking the reins of some organic stuff. I'm going to just keep being Ron Paul. Uh, but, uh, dude, you know, they actually had a meeting. People that represented uh, Occupy Wall Street and people that, uh, that represented the Tea Party were actually in the middle of having a meeting on, like, things they agreed on, like term limits for senators, no bailouts of big corporations. Like, and these are things you talk to 99% of Americans and they're like, yeah, none of that makes sense to me. Even if they're like, I understand poor people getting on welfare. Even the ultra conservatives that are against poor people getting on welfare, you're like, all right, should Amazon be given government money to do things? Everyone's like, no. <laughs> like, of course not. What the hell? But that's who keeps getting, not just Amazon, fill in the blank, and they keep getting all the government contracts and all, all of our money. Which, yeah, that's where I think inflation is the problem. It's a big. It's, it's not the economy. It's just stop printing it. All right, <laughs> unpopular uh, opinion of mine within my circles. I don't like the Federal Reserve, but I will admit that I don't like it on a faith-based position, and not it's so complicated. I just admittedly go, I don't know, but it sounds like you are crooked, and God, it looks like it, and all the people that seem to be right about everything else, both left. Right and libertarian agree that y'all suck, so I'm gonna go with them. Y'all probably suck. So I'm gonna end on a slight, like, little wholesome note, uh, and it has to do with Assad, the leader of Syria. Now I know, I know, I know. Before you yell at the at the phone or at the computer, uh, to for this guy to keep his power, probably did some pretty awful things, like most leaders in most places do. No, not leaders. Uh, Oh, no, for lack of a better term, let's go with leaders. But, you know, he got uh, hacked by Anonymous back in the day. I don't know if it was Anonymous, but it was supposed to be something like Anonymous, which I'm getting more and more convinced is, has been co-opted by the CIA and is a PSYOP. Because, like, back in the day, I, I remember when it first started and they started arresting Anonymous members. It was, like, literally 12-year-olds. Like in their in their pajamas in their parents' basement, who were central intelligence anonymous. Yeah, no, like like back then they were like, we're just having fun hacking your database and messing with your homepage. It's easy, um, and the CIA was like, you show us how to stop that, or we arrest you, <laughs> and you start doing other things for us too. As I'm murdering my parents' computer with LimeWire. Yep, yep, that's <laughs> uh. Daddy was right to beat us over that. Yeah. That's <laughs> let's bring that back around that. Oh, man, we, we put some bad viruses on that. But um, I know there was one neat thing when – I can't remember if it was anonymous or another agency. Uh, maybe it was the CIA that hacked Assad's computer, and what the plan was was to get, like, a ton of blackmail on him because, like, oh, he's a Middle Eastern government leader. He's got to have dirty stuff yeah. before he's, like, you know, torturing people or porn or something like that. And uh, when they hack it, all they find is a bunch of like love letters to his wife and even like songs by Blake Shelton that he sends. To, <laughs> I, I shit you not that he sends to his wife. And there's even one conversation where it, I, I don't know if it's a random woman or if it's a plant, but it's like a supermodel that tries talking him into cheating on his wife. And he's like, no, she's the love of my life. And I'm the luckiest man alive. I appreciate you. And I feel honored and humbled, but no, I won't touch you. And I'm like, what a Chad. <laughs> what a oh, oh. traditional conservatives look to Assad. That's that's <laughs> all I'm saying. But yeah, and talking about 
bringing it back one last time, the narrative's changing and me being challenged and called out on my bullshit. I, I'm still waiting for someone to explain to me why Assad would have believed the leader of Syria, if y'all don't remember, under Obama, we drew like a red line in the sand and said, Syria, you will not do such and such. And they didn't do such and such. And then we started pulling out our troops out of Syria, which, of course, the neocons and warmongers didn't like that. And just as soon as we're pulling our troops out, the news comes out that Assad is gassing his own people. And now, like, here's my question. Put yourself in the shoes of a Middle Eastern dictator who has the United States, the single largest military the world has ever seen, knocking on your door saying, we're about to open up a can of freedom on your country. And you've done everything you can to play by the rules, and they're finally packing their bags and they're going home. The next thing you're going to do is gash your own people to give them a reason to come back and chop your head off or do what they did to Gaddafi. No, then since it's come out, which this doesn't make the news near as much as that originally did, there's been like several UN investigations that like damn near unanimously all the people are like, if there, there was, not if there was, there was a chemical attack, but if there is a culprit to blame, it's like clearly pointing to the rebels that hated Assad, that wanted, <laughs> wanted America to come back and get rid of them. So on that final note, be more like Assad. Be wholesome to the woman you love, and don't let the CIA get dirt on you. And hey, everybody, this has been fun recording. Y'all have a fun week. And follow me at the Bandit Radio Hour on Twitter. Y'all have a good one.